Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. So a big thank you to Hannah Smithdale for joining us today to talk a little bit about um, your route into PR where you're working now. I won't talk too much about that just yet. And then I'm just going to ask a couple of questions to kind of explore some of the skills that you had to build up, which would be potentially considered hard skills around kind of data handling analysis and how that kind of factors in and, and how you kind of upskilled in that in that area. So to start off with, could you just briefly describe your journey from graduating to where you are today? Yes. So just to kind of summarise exactly kind of how I came from Exeter, I got a BA in English Literature in 2017. And actually the day of my last exam, I got a call back for my first kind of interview to go and um, try for an internship. That was at a kind of UK PR agency that's more of a smaller boutique place called Red Consultancy. Mm. And I spent two months interning there over the summer went back to Exeter to graduate and then popped back and they offered me a job at the end, which was great. And from there, I kind of focused on corporate communications as kind of a sector within PR. I was then working on a range of different clients like Trainline, Emirates, Crest Nicholson, which is like a house builder. So all different clients and sectors across the UK. So I was there for about a year and a half and then went to kind of more of a mid-tier agency called Portonavelli which has a global presence, but is much more kind of European in its kind of thinking. Um, I spent, again, about a year and a half, two years there. And then actually during the pandemic, I think there was a lot of movements and shakings and people feeling differently about their jobs, especially after the first lockdown. So that for me was like a moment really when I was trying to think, what's my next move? Mm. And actually it was quite a nice moment for me because I initially applied to Edelman, which is the world's leading PR agency. And I was a graduate and I didn't get selected, which was heartbreaking, <laughs> obviously. But I came back three years later with some work experience and proved myself and went in at more of an account manager level. So kind of like a mid level. And that was really helpful. And I've been there now for the past two years, still within corporate communications. Um, my main client has always been Starbucks, which is a really interesting business to work with, particularly as it's present on high streets everywhere and they're mm. popping up increasingly even on the Exeter campus which is great to see on brand so yeah I think that kind of summarizes the kind of path that I've taken it's very much for anyone who isn't as familiar with like the PR sphere it's primarily PR agencies that I've worked at but where I've got to in my career it tends to be for a lot of people a turning point where you can either stick in agency life and really kind of make that your home and build a specialism and a team around you and also kind of own like more of a client relationship. Or you can kind of reach a crossroads where you want a bit more ownership of things and you want to take on more of a an evolving role that m- moves into marketing and kind of be a bit more of a brand manager than rather than a media handler. And that's when people tend to, at my level, look to go in-house. So I've kind of reached that crossroads where I'm just quite interested to see what happens. I haven't made any decisions, but Edelman's a great place to be. So it's exciting. Brilliant. 
And what does your day-to-day -day kind of look like? Obviously, you talk about the corporate management. Um, what, what kind of does that mean for anyone who might not know? Yes, it's always a great question. And everyone wants to know, like, what do you do on a typical day? It's the cliched answer of there isn't a typical day. But I would say there are kind of good routines to get into if you're working in PR. I always kind of, I do wake up quite early, primarily because I'm a commuter into London. Not everybody has that luxury of time on a train they might just bundle into their car or or the bus or whatever but I take that time I get up about half, half five in the morning get the train into central London and I always listen to the news BBC Radio 4 tends to dictate what happens for the rest of the day and kind of the business world so always a good starting point and then I usually get into the office between half seven and eight in the morning I try to just get ahead of emails and try and do my reading around what uh, is going on in the sector, what's happening in the industry, what trends are coming out, kind of just doing the things that don't require anybody else to kind of get ahead of the day. That's just a personal preference though. Mm -hmm. And then it tends to go into various different internal meetings. Uh, it depends on the size and the scale of the team and the account that you're working on. But some of my um, clients are bigger than others. And I current, the Starbucks team is about 15 of us. So that takes a lot of internal management. So we go into meetings usually during the morning and then the afternoons can really range from writing materials, researching strategies. As you move higher up, it's less about the doing and more about the overseeing and managing the workflow and client meetings can come in. And there's also things that mix up the day. You never know when a new business brief is going to drop on you. So it's always sort of survival of the fittest sometimes, mm. especially before Christmas. So I think it's just quite an interesting world because... I, enjoy, I get bored quite easily, so it's quite fast-paced. Part of my job on a press office, it's sort of... I don't want to over-dramatise it or compare it to anything more noble than what it is, but it is a little bit like being a frontline worker when the media are kind of coming for you. So it does keep you on your toes and you kind of do have to be prepared for anything, and I think that's why I tend to get ahead of the day, because that's the bit you can control, or at least you know what's coming, and you sort mm. of can plan accordingly. That's really interesting, and then from what you were saying, there's some skills that kind of... I can hear there, you know, commercial awareness that you have to build pretty on a day-to-day -day basis almost. That's quite yeah. remarkable, but also the interpersonal, the researching. Is there a lot of kind of content creation at the at the start and then, like you say, you move through to the strategic level or what's, what's kind of the day-to-day the -day for entry-level work? Yeah, no, that's like, a really good question. I'd say it definitely is about more the core skills when you're starting out, like regardless of what degree or background you've got. I'm humanities, but... I work alongside people that did a range of different subjects, like even sciences. So it really does vary where your background is from. So that's why your first year will tend to be all about building confidence, I would say, more than anything. Because regardless of, you know, you could be top of your class, but you're still going in and kind of being the new person on the block type thing. So it's sort of more getting to grips with also how an office environment works which isn't something necessarily that we're all exposed to uh, if you haven't had work experience. And um, I was quite lucky in that the first agency was a lot smaller. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a lot more of a family environment and set up. So I wouldn't want people to think that you have to go straight into a big agency, which is then a, quite an intimidating competitive environment sometimes. So yeah, the PR fundamentals, I would say, are the, the focus. So writing uh, is a really big one, like kicking off everything from scratch, which I know sounds... A little bit like heavy on the admin side which it can be but ultimately everybody goes through it so it's sort of like part and parcel of doing it and I think 
also when um, I came out of university, all the questions I asked in interviews, like, what's the training? What's the training program? The, the, the job is the training, mm. effectively. You learn as you go. And you learn from different people as you go as well, which is really important. Picking up other people's good habits, hopefully, also helps. Speaking to media is a big one. Building relationships with media, because your contact book is sort of the is sort of your own asset to keep as a PR person. That's what you take wherever you go, regardless of what client you work on, what part of the business you go into. It's all about kind of networking and it's a people business for a reason. To your point around commercial awareness, mm. I wish I'd been a bit more commercially aware at the beginning, to be honest, because thinking about as a PR agency like any company is a business and we have to operate at profit, essentially. And the thing with PR is it's quite hard to quantify our worth a lot of the time it's not like marketing where you have a certain budget you invest it and you get that return on investment immediately it's sort of a little bit like thumb in the air like yeah we reached x million viewers with that one video so it's harder to prove so a lot of the time what we do is monitor like servicing levels and just make sure that every time we're promising something to a client it's realistic but also having an, an awareness of that and how the business works and how you bring in new business I think at a bigger organisation, you are exposed to it less just because there's more senior people to do the, that work for you. But at a smaller agency where I started off, everyone did everything. There wasn't kind of like the luxury of, oh, well, that team over there does that part, so you don't have to worry about it. It's sort of like you do everything, which is quite a nice place to start because you don't know what you don't know. So. Well, exactly, and then you can start to figure out what you like and don't like. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, brilliant, thank you. So moving on to kind of your degree and uh, sort of what we're inter- interested in is kind of how a humanities degree relates to the 21st century workplace and uh, kind of data handling, which is becoming more and more common. And um, the assumption is always, rightly or wrongly, that you guys will have to kind of look at, uh, you know, and, and base your work on, on certain kind of trends or... So you have to do a certain level of data handling in your day-to-day. So in your opinion, were there aspects of your degree that prepared you for this? I think so. I think what I would say is the seminars in particular do set you up for kind of, not a direct comparison to the work environment, but in kind of just being prepared to participate. Mm -hmm. I think I was that student who kind of was very happy to sit back and let other people discuss said book. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually that environment's the perfect place to kind of build your confidence and have your own opinion. Because I think a lot of the time in PR as well, because it's quite a subjective place to work, you're valued for your opinion. Regardless of it ever really being right or wrong, having an opinion is sometimes more valuable to show that you're engaged. In terms of my degree, I think naturally with English literature, writing was a big part of it. But I think I would encourage people to also look outside of their degree because writing like an academic paper is quite a specific skill set and for a specific audience and to tick quite a few academic boxes for obvious reasons. But things like expose are great. Even just like doing your own content, that would be something I would encourage people to do to just kind of build out their skill set beyond their immediate degree because obviously everyone wants to hear that their degree is kind of the most important thing that will get you through all the gateways and it does but you do have to have something else to differentiate yourself mm-hmm. so I would encourage kind of a mix of both and also I would say whatever degree you've got like there are transferable skills I wouldn't worry too much about what they are because a lot of the time it's about showing that you understand what is needed of you and then being prepared to do it and just that willingness to learn I would say 
when you actually get through the door, which always seems like a massive feat, but when you do, it makes sense. Yeah, brilliant. And um, did you do anything at university within your degree, outside of your degree, to upskill in kind of data handling, IT, digital competency? Was there anything that you did there? Or did you pick all of that up once you entered the workplace? I should have done more of it, to be honest. <laughs> On a personal note, I'm not the most like tech-savvy human being, and I'll freely admit that. But I do think I probably picked up most of it inside the job, just because there's different ways of doing things and there's no set way. So I wouldn't get like too hung up over worrying about like kind of the smaller things. I think there are bigger things to worry about than that piece. I did actually buy, to do like graduate assessment centres, like maths for dummies. Mm-hmm. Like I did buy that book <laughs> yeah. and like started practising like verbal reasoning and it was literally mm-hmm. like going back to the drawing board yeah. and like refreshing yourself. So yeah. I would say if there's anything like that you can find like as an online course that obviously doesn't cost much because that's the other thing. There shouldn't be like a financial barrier to people feeling like they could get a job because... Yeah quite frankly, your skills should be enough. Yeah. Me personally, I'd rather have someone with less experience, but more enthusiasm mm-hmm. in my team. It's all kind of about a mindset. I also think like when you're applying for a job, you kind of feel like you need to tick absolutely everything. It is actually a strength to be able to say what you're not so good at. So you can always try and pivot that in as part of an application form mm-hmm. and just openly be like, this is an area I want more exposure to. I'm enthusiastic about it. And that kind of shows like a testament and strength of your character which is ultimately what people are looking for like more of a cultural fit than it is about like oh well great so they can do html and all this stuff when actually they're going to retrain you anyway to use (laughs) their software so yeah i wouldn't get too hung up over like specifics and and don't be afraid to call out what you don't know because i don't think many people would have the confidence to do that i think everybody wants to feel like they've got all the answers and that they're ready to go when actually if you kind of try and turn it into something shows that you can kind of think on your feet, which is what PR's all about anyway. You've got to turn negatives into a positive at all times. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I really like that, the pivot and addressing and, and, you know, showing, like, I understand what you are looking for. Yeah. Yeah, don't fulfil that. It's not part. like ignoring I it, can, but yes, yeah. it's, it's acknowledging it and knowing yeah. it's like speaking to the elephant in the room and being like... Because yeah. I actually, in my job application to Edelman, when I first got my first interview with them... I thought, yes, I've got all this used experience. This is going to be great. I'm going to walk right in there and show them what they've been missing. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we're really looking for digital experts. Like, what's your experience there? And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> not this. This is the second time I'm going to get put in the can. So I just openly said to them, like, I was like, look, like, I'm interested in it. Obviously, I recognise it's an important part of the job. If that's where the business is moving, very happy to, like, be trained up. But this is my existing skill set. This is where I add current value. Think about the value I can add if you invest in me. And this is where we can take it. And it worked out. So Thankfully, they bought yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. What a relief. <laughs> and didn't regret it for a day, I'm sure. No. Yeah. Well, but yeah, maybe they do. But yeah. yeah, the attitude makes such a big difference. Because the attitude's not there. Yeah, I so think that's why like a, like a try before you buy vibe like of an internship really does work because it is about you both wanting it mm. it's not just a one-sided thing it's a, like a relationship and to be honest one of the great things that I really like about Edelman is that the people the long-standing people that have been there have built their careers there like there are people that have been there like a decade and I'm like whoa okay mm-hmm. part of the furniture but actually like they've evolved their role over time like they found it to be the right cultural fit therefore they've evolved within the business and taken different paths 
but I think that cultural piece is really important yeah. and I, I do think a PR agency does stand out to me just because I have kind of with my clients I go into their offices I see how their dynamics and it is different it, you are treated differently inside a company and that's not to put anybody off on either route it's just nice to be surrounded by your peers in a PR agency environment where everyone does the same thing yeah. um, rather than kind of being the kind of bolt-on of like whatever's most important in that business you just get told what's going on and then off you trot it's just yeah. a different dynamic it is the university is similar I would argue you know people kind of move around quite a lot and sort of build their careers mm. but there's enough variety and then the culture you kind of you, you retain that and it feels like you've had multiple careers within yeah, the same place. It's, just because it's one institution, it's been the jobs have been so different, mm, and yeah. you've had you know different skill sets and stuff. So yeah, it does feel like multiple me yeah. careers within one place. Yeah, yeah. it's not. But yeah, anyone that's going into work for the first time, I would think get a feel for it. You can t- tend to tell by a website. I know that sounds a bit strange, but like there is something to be said by like the fonts and the colors and mm. like the types of clients that they have like if they've got like really hardcore corporate clients you're probably gonna have to wear a suit you're mm. gonna have to be a bit more mm. serious mm. so it's like is that what you want mm. and you just have to kind of be honest with yourself and maybe it's okay for now and you want to dip your toe and that's also fine because you know five years i've gone through three jobs so <laughs> it's quite a few yeah. really in the grand scheme of yeah. things considering i'll be working till i'm like a hundred yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really interesting as well. Comment on kind of how normal it's now become to move jobs and mm. move roles within the company, outside the company. So there's a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Did you undertake any internships or volunteering activity or did you work while you were at university? I got an internship in between my third and my fourth year because I did a year abroad, but that was in London. It was kind of separate. The one thing, if you do nothing else, do the career mentorship program with the Exeter Alumni Scheme. Hands down, the best experience. Mm. The first coffee I had was in a private members club in Soho. Wow. Um, the unnamed Exeter alumni took me there because he was a member, which was amazing. And I thought, I have arrived. <laughs> and and um, at the time, it turns out he was a client of the PR agency that I was interviewing for. So he could vouch for them in terms of like, he's brought into them as a company. So that, I mean, that was more circumstantial, but, and then I also used the Exeter Career Mentorship Programme a second time because initially I wanted to work in advertising and I thought, yeah, maybe I'm just that creative person, like mad men all the way. (laughs) And um, after speaking to him, he, he started his career he started his career at an um, ad agency and he was telling me about the work environment and it sounded really exciting, but I was like, I don't think I'd be any good at that. I genuinely don't think, as much as I would love that for myself, I'm just not that person. So off the back of that, you know, we've stayed in touch. Both of my career mentors I've stayed in touch with, which has been amazing. They've both actually provided references for me to get move up the career ladder. But yeah, I would say that would be my standout and I would happily do it myself. So um Keep an eye out for my name and feel free to connect and good luck. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message, hashtag Career Zone podcast at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram. And we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.